you know, the great thing about relationship is it's someone that can trigger us and someone we feel safe with simultaneously, right? A lot of times, a lot of our acquaintances or relationships are either people that just purely trigger us, <laughs> aka yeah. a lot of family sometimes, or are just pure safety, like our, our therapist. You know, it's pretty rare our therapist is going to go and trigger us. Um, but in relationship, we kind of have both. Like, wow, this person cares about me. I love them. just wanted to explain this episode a bit before we go into it. So first of all, this is listener generated. We got the question, what does it mean to quote, do the work, which is something we talk about a lot. But I just wanted to touch on how it relates to the theme of the month, which is polarity. So if you haven't been following, we just started a theme of the month last month. This is the second month we're doing it. And this month's theme is polarity, which we explain in the various podcasts on the subject. Now, one thing I think is really exciting is that when polarity is quote unquote done right, it generates a lot of attraction. It generates magnetic sexual pull. And I have a fun success story from a client, a very recent story, actually. He's been doing the work, which we get into in this episode, and it's really paid off. He's been able to step much more into his masculine, and he's recently started dating a woman he's really excited about, and and she's all in. That was the, the way that he put it that really made my heart sing was she's all in, and it's been a long time since he experienced that with a partner, and I believe it's directly related to all of the work that he's been doing as we dive into in this episode. So just wanted to clarify that. And to remind you that this month's theme is going to have a survey attached to it. So if you are not yet a member of the Big Sexy Dataset, just email me at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com and say, add me to the Big Sexy Dataset. That's the group of people that I do my sex research with that I send my surveys to. Um, I've already done a mini research survey this month with the Big Sexy Dataset, but I'm going to be doing another one specifically on polarity. So if you're not yet in there, get in there. And if you participate by this upcoming Wednesday, May 20th, you will be eligible to be one of the listeners that's on my listener panel at the end of the month. So you can always take the survey and remain anonymous, but if you're interested in being a panelist, you just check that box at the end of the survey and I will select a few panelists that I think would be great and I will invite you and we'll have a little discussion and that will be the last episode of the month. So if you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, email me at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to have you. Hey guys, welcome to this special bonus episode of Dear Men, midweek, very exciting. Um... I'm happy to have Jason with me. Hi, Jason. Hello, hello. And today we're going to be talking about what does it mean to do the work, quote unquote, do the work. This is something we talk about in a lot of our episodes, and I've gotten a few questions about like, what, what does that actually mean? So I wanted to just go over what we mean by it and maybe other people in our community, because it's a pretty common phrase. And I think it's sort of core, really sits at the heart of everything we talk about in terms of growth and expansion and wholeness and, you know, coming into your power as a man or as a woman or as a couple, it's all sort of related to doing the work. So, um, yeah. So I would love to just hear a few of your initial thoughts, Jason, and then we can kind of go from there. What does it mean for let's, let's say, let's just say a man because this podcast is for men. What does it mean for a man to be doing his work? Yeah, so I, I come 
pretty preloaded with this one, which is great. Um, so part of my background is in this thing called integral theory. And just very simply how I'd break down the work is this idea that we have to wake up, grow up, clean up, and show up. And really just what that means in my mind is, you know, the first step when we say do the work, like what does that mean? Um, means to kind of just become aware of like what's happening in the moment and how we're showing up in it. You know, this is really the first step to any kind of change is just, we got to become like aware of how we're impacting others, how we're showing up on a date. Um, you know, the tension we're holding in our body, whatever that might be. So there's that first thing of just like, it's kind of, you know, like, um, guys, we, we love metaphors. So it's, you know, take, taking the red pill from the matrix and like, oh my God, wow, this thing is happening, right? I'm not getting dates because of this reason. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Just like waking up to it um, is the first step I would say in, in, in doing the work. And then there's this idea of growing up, which is like, you know, once you become aware of a pattern, that's awesome. And it's incredibly important. And it's not enough. Like it's not enough to actually change it. Right. There's the embodiment piece that you and I work so much with our guys on the actual transformational piece of just because I know about a pattern doesn't mean I have the capacity to actually make different choices in the moment yet. And that's where practice takes place, like actually practicing a new skill, practicing a new way of being and kind of, um, putting in the legwork, right? Like I can decide I want to lose 20 pounds. Awesome. I've decided I'm committed, but then I actually have to go do the work, which, which, um, takes place over time. You know, I think that's a, a really important thing to, um, anchor in particularly to the growing up piece is it, it takes time. Like it takes going out on dates. It takes having good experiences, having bad experiences, learning things, iterating, getting, 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 um, getting things more into our body over time. So, and then just the last two pieces, um, and this is just a short kind of shotgun summary are then, you know, cleaning up, which is this idea of, of healing, like, okay, I'm aware I'm trying some new things and yet still I notice whenever a woman doesn't text me back within two hours, like I have a mini panic attack, like what's going on? You know, I get really anxious or I assume the worst. And oftentimes that has something to do with, you know, old injuries or traumas we had um, from generally our family of origin or growing up or previous relationships. So cleaning up is this idea of, wow, there's patterns that live in my nervous system that I learned generally for good reasons. Like I learned them to try to survive and make my way through the world um, so that, you know, at one time they were things that were beneficial to us and that they helped us through moments and in times that were maybe overwhelming for us then, but now they become slightly more like limitations. So that's, that's the cleaning up the healing part, you know, and that's the therapy that's journaling. That's all the different modalities of body work and somatic experiencing and network and all all the different things, you know, we often recommend our guys do in tandem with everything we have them do. And then there's the showing up piece, which is, you know, actually being in relationship, 
So, you know, you can do all this stuff alone, but at some point you actually have to engage with others and be willing to get um, clear and direct feedback around how they're experiencing you too, because our, our, our self-image isn't necessarily always um, incredibly accurate. So coming into relationship and, and showing up in dynamics is super important. And so when you put those four things together in my mind, you're doing the work meaning you're actually doing the work to become more whole is the language you and I often use. Um, being able to relate to people from a more whole place in our hearts where we're doing much less unconscious reacting and much more conscious responding. Oh, I like that. I like that framework around the, the sort of steps of it. And when I was, you know, thinking about prepping this episode, one of the um, realizations I had was that to me, doing the work is kind of about two things that maybe track to like step one and two, like you said, and steps three and four. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like cleaning up the past. And you you pointed to that. So, um, you know, for example, I had, um, my mom had borderline personality disorder. And so she was, I had a lot of like emotional engulfment. Like I needed to, the way that I kept myself safe was like, don't ever piss off mom. Like never, ever, ever, ever piss off mom. Like do whatever she says, like follow all her rules. You know, don't speak up for what you need. Like just follow the rules because she would come at me with overwhelming force if I didn't. Mm -hmm. And so my nervous system learned to like, don't speak up for what you need. And that was like a big pattern that I needed to clean up because it doesn't really work in adult relationships. What would happen is I wouldn't speak up for what I needed. And then I would get passive aggressive and resentful that the person wasn't giving me what I needed, but I couldn't really boundaries or like do anything. And so the, you know, you mentioned like the awareness piece, I came into realizing, you know, becoming aware of how I had been raised and what she was like and the impact it had on me and then sort of cleaning that up. And that took a lot of practice, like you said, of the, the practice bit of like, how do I set a boundary? What does it feel like? Yeah. It always feels like death to me. Like I'm going to die. <laughs> like, or like the person is going to attack me. Um, yeah. So even, you know, as we're going through this, I'm asking, you know, people I live with, like, to wash their hands when they come through the door, especially if they've gone out and it feels like, like there's a part of me that's afraid. I'm going to say like, would you do this? This is a request that I have that they're going to say, well, fuck you. No, I'm not going to do it. And how dare you ask me that? How dare you come at me with a request? Like I keep expecting people to react the same way that my mom did. And so it takes a lot of bravery and courage for me to actually up for the things that I need and want. And the more I need and want them, the higher the risk feels. Right. So there's like, right. It's like, if we really need to want it, it's really scary. If it's like a moderate request, it's somewhat scary, but that feels like, um, yeah, like the awareness, like you said of the pattern and then the willingness to like make different choices about it. And I would say all of the somatic therapy that I have done and continue to do is part of what helps me clean up the cleaning up, clearing out the repatterning of the nervous system you know, there's a lot of modalities, like you mentioned, you and I both received network spinal analysis. There's also somatic experiencing. 
EMDR, you know, there's a lot of different modalities. Um, but what I, I would say is that what has helped me is having mentors for the cleaning up. So whether that's a practitioner who's holding space for me or a book that I've read, you know, I read a book about borderline called stop walking on eggshells that really helped me tremendously. And there were some online support groups that I joined, um, at the very beginning when I was individuating from, like I say that I broke up with my mom around 25 years old. Like I, I set boundaries and I, you know, moved into a different way of being partly because I had some, some mentorship and support and, um, yeah. So I guess to me, it it feels like that's like kind of like part A and then part B is to me is art expression. Um, like whether that's writing a song or writing a poem or any kind of artistic expression. And I've, I have a background in working with survivors of sexual abuse, mostly boys and men, but also girls and women. Um, when I lived in New York City, and one of the things I heard repeatedly was the necessity of both, right? Both the therapeutic yeah. modality, but also the art. So like art is where I think we metabolize a lot of our human experience and kind of digest and then produce something beautiful and graceful to share with others but there's something magical and alchemical that happens there. There's something about art that it processes. So I don't know how to describe it, but again and again, I heard from survivors, especially the ones that were thriving, that they needed the therapy, they needed the clearing out, and they also needed to produce mm-hmm. newness and hope and grace. And they needed to dance. They needed to do watercolor. They needed to... Um, you know, start skateboarding, you know, like artistic expression can be anything, you know, that we're doing with our bodies and our minds and our hearts. It doesn't have to look a certain way, but there's something about that. It feels like a part A and a part B and they kind of work together almost like the masculine and feminine um, to kind of help us along our, our path. So to me, you know, doing the work is it's holistic, but it's, it's like having our attention on, yeah, like you said, coming to wholeness and everything that it takes to do that, which is actually quite a lot. <laughs> totally. And it's, it's, um, you know, it's a large part of it too, in a good way is just taking responsibility, right. Um, for who we are and how we show up in the world, you know, that, that first step, the kind of waking up and becoming aware that is often very related related to the cleaning up, you know, there's this concept of shadow work that I do and most of us do in, in this type of work of, you know, becoming aware of the parts of ourselves or the ways we act that we're not aware of, right? It's hard for us to see our own shadow. And that's where working relationally is so important. Having a coach, having a therapist, having a strong community that can help you start to see the things you can't see because you've been so identified with them for so long. And when we do those two things in tandem and start to see those patterns, that's the first step then to being able to make different choices about it, right? And if we haven't even taken responsibility for doing that, you know, we kind of, it's, it's very easy to get in just to very stuck places, right? Of like, I just don't know why, why can't I get past a first date with a woman, right? Like they're just, we're just women. I don't know, you know, this is something I hear from guys a lot of times. And 
they haven't quite started the journey of, of doing the work yet. But when they do, they realize, wow, oh, it turns out I carry a lot of anxiety in my body, or I have a really hard time making eye contact, or I'm constantly um, underestimating myself. And, you know, these are things that are playing out in real time with every relationship, with every connection they have. And that doing the work is kind of stepping on the path to become aware of those things and then take responsibility and get the help you need to change them. And then, yeah, I think it's absolutely crucial that, you know, the deeper level of healing is then to, oh, how, do, how can I use this experience? How can I express this experience I've had in my own healing journey in a way that um, supports and heals others? You know, to me, that would be kind of the essence of art, no matter how what form you express it in, right? Um, it's it's putting it out there in a world, moving it through your body, moving it through creativity in a way that others can experience the essence of it without you know necessarily knowing um, your whole story or, or something like that. And I've certainly found that you know very 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 healing in in so many different ways. And yeah, we strongly encourage you know a lot of the guys we work with. Like it's great when you can. Um, transmute some of that. I think that's part of the power, right? Is transmuting some of that. And there's something about when we tell our story and combine it with creativity that is just, yeah, it's deeply healing. Hey guys, did you know I teach a course exactly about sex? It's called Please Her in Bed, and it's based on all of my sex research asking women, what do the men who are best in bed do? I asked over a thousand women, 1,067 to be precise, and then I put together this course. Here are a few responses from men who've taken it. I almost immediately started seeing a woman shortly after the course. She is open and all over me. And we've had sex. Before the course, I hadn't had intercourse in about two years. And I found that a couple of men have said this where they've taken the course and then they've started having sex with a woman. And I think it's because their confidence levels went up because they finally felt like they actually knew what they were doing. Here's another man who was married when he started taking it. I took the course hoping to establish a closer relationship with my wife of over 20 years. Our sex life was always vanilla, but lately it had dwindled to less than once a month and not particularly satisfying for either of us. Since the course, however, our sex life has improved considerably. Now I feel way more confident about my ability to connect with my wife and make the experience satisfying for both of us. I've always loved her, but feel like I'm falling in love with her again after 25 years. If you're interested in hearing more, go to pleaseherinbed.com and the course is listed for $97, but if you're a podcast listener and you use code dear men, that's all one word, dear men, you can get it for 69. One thing, yeah, because I, you know, I'm looking for my my partner and because we work with a lot of men, I think it's relevant to to say like I want a man who's doing his work because to me it's it feels much safer. Like as the feminine, it feels much safer to know that my man has done a lot of his work and continues to do it. And by continuing to do it, what I mean is like, is he part of a men's group? Does he have masculine tribe around him to hold him so that I'm not the only one holding him? And does he have mentors? And again, not necessarily um, paid mentors or anything, but is there, are there coaches or authors or men that he looks up to that he would consider ahead of him on the path that he has some kind of contact with, whether it's mm-hmm. monthly or it's a retreat once a year or whatever it is to me, you know, doing the work at the more advanced level is, 
it's almost like apprenticeship. Like, are you in relationship with someone that you feel is ahead of you on the path? As a woman, I feel much safer and more turned on and more relaxed to surrender to that man because I know that he's doing his work and that when things come up, as things come up, he has somewhere to go with it. I feel safer. I feel more excited to be with that man. You know, at this point in my journey, it's a non-negotiable. Yep, <laughs> like a man, totally. his work is, is a non-negotiable. And I think it's worth touching on, you know, what does it look like when you're not doing your work? Well, it looks like, you know, you are maybe smoking weed every day. You don't really want to feel you know, what happened or the discomfort or the anxiety. And so mm-hmm. you numb it out with something and it, you know, I mean, what are other things that you've noticed in terms of what it looks like when you're not doing the work versus when you are? Um, sure. Certainly stuff like addiction can, should be one manifestation of that for, for um, both men and women. I would say just like the total feeling of stuckness or depression of like no, nothing changes. There's no point. Um, I like I see people just kind of stuck, settling for life, and, and like frustrated. It's not getting any better, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, let, less the kind of guys we work with. But you know, a, a, another version would be just going from a relationship to relationship, or you know, particularly I think for a lot of uh, some types of men just, you know, sleeping around continually. And then as soon as a relationship starts to get close or something, we bounce to the next person. Um, or as soon as start to get hard. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, there's so many different manifestations I, I would say of it. Um, but you know, basically this just getting not growing, I think would be what happens when you don't do the work it's like you get stuck in the same patterns forever, right? No matter what, oh my God, she's the one this time. It's going to be totally different. And then two years later, you find out um, she had been cheating you on the whole time, just like your last five relationships, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's something that keeps playing out um, over time. And that's oftentimes a sign that there's some work that needs to be done on your side. You know, no one deserves to be cheated on, but there's some part of that pattern that you're okay with and co-creating over and over and over again. And until you become aware of that, it's just going to keep happening, right? It's just going to keep happening. Or you're just going to keep getting stuck on first dates. You're just going to keep getting stuck in the friend zone. Um, You're just going to scare women away when you ask them to commit to you, you know, there's all kinds of different manifestations of this, but I I think that's really what happens is kind of that, that feeling of this has happened before. Oh my God, here we go again. Right. I think that's oftentimes what plays out when we're not doing the work and yeah, you know, one thing we do hear um, a lot from our guys when we talk about, you know, what is it you're wanting to move towards and, you know, what kind of relationship do you want a lot, a lot of guys end up saying, you know, someone I can grow with is something I hear a lot. And that's, I think this is actually what they mean by that is while someone who's doing their work and someone who I'm doing, you know, and I'm doing my work and together we're doing our work so that we're both actually growing and changing and healing and learning new things and trying new things and not getting stuck in the same pattern over time in that we actually get to support each other in that journey. You know, one of the really um, 
powerful and I think special things that a healthy growth oriented relationship where both partners are doing the work allows for. Yeah. I really like that. Especially just the, the concept of, you know, you don't need to do this alone. And actually, if you look at people who are doing the work, most of them are not doing it alone. I mean, the vast majority, they may be having solo practices, like they might be doing mm-hmm. one breath and they might be meditating and they might be, you know, working out in a different way. And they're in community. It's, it's very yeah. rare that you find someone doing the work successfully because part of what you named is certain patterns of like, you know, my last three girlfriends or wives or whatever combination have been emotionally abusive. I, you know, I don't know how to get out of this. It just seems like it keeps happening. It's like, that's why it's important to have a mentor. That's why it's important to have community because someone has seen that pattern before and been through it. Yes. Someone has seen it before. Someone has held 25 men through the same pattern of being with an emotionally abusive woman. Okay. Let's talk about your childhood. Let's talk about some stuff. Let's do some exercises around it. You know, let's get you in your body more. Like there is a path. There's a path. There are people who've been down the path before that can hold you through it. So I guess I just wanted to stress, like, don't do it alone. That doing the work is not doing it alone. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's, it might involve things you do alone, but it's not, it's not the most efficient way to do the work is not to do it alone. It's to do it with tribe. A hundred percent. Because even the most self-aware person, like, like we were talking about, we all have shadow material. We literally have things we can't see about ourselves, right? But then someone else can spot it from a mile away. And, you know, it just, and it makes it much easier for these patterns to surface. And, you know, that's part of the beauty of the dynamic of relationship itself. By being in relationship, we surface these patterns about ourselves and with each other that we don't normally see alone. And it's part of where so much of that growth and healing comes from. But like we tell our guys, you, you, you can't lone wolf this. Like it just, it doesn't work. It really, you know, you can try and there's, there's things you can do alone, but it always comes down to the place, you know, the place, the work gets expressed, the place different choices get expressed is always in relationship, right? It's in relation to someone else, to something else. Um, And so it's just so important, like you said, to, to, yeah, have a, have a men's group, have a mentor, have a therapist. Honestly, you want them all <laughs> in our book. Uh, you know, you can't have too much. And then when you have a partner that supports that as well, um, it, it's amazing. It's exciting. And it's part of what keeps relationship fresh and vital as well. Yeah, I think that's that's a great place to start wrapping up because it, it does feel like sacred relationship is... I mean, God, it's one of the most efficient paths to growth because you trigger all of your old stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, be better than your partner to trigger all of your shit. And if you're with the right partner, there's no one better than your partner to hold it with compassion. Exactly. You're not you're not alone in that either. Like, there's someone that is like, oh, I noticed that you, you. There's this thing you do where you sort of freeze and shut down when I say this kind of thing, and it feels like you you kind of go inward or you go into yourself and you withdraw, like can you tell me about that? What's going on for you there? And there's someone to work with about it. And as you and I have also said, you know, couples can get therapists too. Like you don't have to hold all of that yourself either, Totally. but you wouldn't, that stuff wouldn't come up without that sacred relationship. It wouldn't come up without that person. So to me, it feels like, you know, the most advanced level of a video game is sacred relationship. (laughs) That's really like, 
if you really want to do the work, you get yourself to a place where you can be in sacred relationship and then you do that. And that's like level 10. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's probably the best place we have. You know, the great thing about relationship is it's someone that can trigger us and someone we feel safe with simultaneously, right? A lot of times, a lot of our uh, acquaintances or relationships are either people that just purely trigger us, <laughs> aka yeah. a lot of family sometimes, or are just pure safety, like our, our therapist. You know, it's pretty rare our therapist is going to go and trigger us. Um, but in relationship, we kind of have both like, wow, this person cares about me. I love them. And sometimes like, like stuff just comes up and I go nuts when they do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. That's such a beautiful, you know, creative tension to have in relationship to do the work with. Like that's in a why it is in a healthy relationship that it's so powerful with. And that, um, you know, why I think it's important to know what this is, is because once you begin your path of doing the work, almost everyone I know who stepped on it, like you said, it becomes a non-negotiable, right? Yeah. I, I need, I want to be with a partner who's also doing their work because it, it's pretty hard to make a relationship work when one person's committed to growth and the other has no interest. I've, I've just never really seen those last in any kind of vital thriving fashion over time. I've never seen it work either. (laughs) Um, Cool. So I'm also interested in, you know, you guys, if you're listening and you have any thoughts or anything that you want to share please reach out dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. I would be very interested in what your experience has been doing the work or if you have anything to add, we'd love to hear that. And then, um, and then Jason and I have a free training called how to take control of your dating life, which uh, touches on some of what we've talked about. But if you are interested in going deeper or learning more about working with the two of us, you can go to evolutionary.men slash training. That's evolutionary.men slash training and check that out. We look forward to chatting with you.